You can hold cash and wait for an event, something big in the news that spikes the market down. This will take courage, but usually on the biggest down days, well, at least in the last COVID crash, there were above average returns right around the corner after big short-term crashes. Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, a podcast all about living more of your life now, yet being responsible for your future. Lifestyle experimenter, wealth scientist, and financial coach Dustin Service shares life hacks, wealth tips, and interviews successful entrepreneurs on how they're thriving in happiness, purpose, and prosperity. Mr. Market, WTF. What do I do when my investments are down almost 20% or more and I'm freaking out? Now, how long have corrections lasted? Now, I read this uh, out of an article, and I'll give you the reference in a minute. But on average, bear markets have taken 13 months to go from peak, and that would be around April 2022 in Canadian markets, and around January 22 in U.S. markets, to trough, and 27 months to get back to break even since back to World War II. So the S&P 500 index has fallen an average of 33% during bear markets in that same time, The biggest decline since 1945 occurred in the 2007-2009 bear market when the S&P fell 57%. History shows that the faster an index enters into a bear market, the shallower they tend to be. Now, historically, stocks have taken 251 days, it's about eight months, to fall into a bear market. When the S&P 500 has fallen 20% at a faster clip, the index has averaged a loss of 28%. Now, I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, but bear with me. The longest bear market lasted 61 months and ended in March 1942 and cut the index by 60%. Now, we know this is not guaranteed to the future, but it helps study the emotional cycles that affect the market. Now, this source of this blurb is from the Associated Press, published Monday, June 13th, 2022 at 10.06 New York time. Now, what are our options? Do nothing. You know, say you're thinking about investing right now. Do mar- do nothing. Wait until the market looks good and then invest. In 08, when it looked good, you missed 20, 30, 50% upside. In 2014, 15, the oil and gas sort of crash and, and melt, you missed 30%. COVID, you missed 50%. The early times of the market recovery go up a lot. Now, should I invest now? So this is another option. The, you know, if the market is at a bottom now, great, you timed it perfect. Upside from today to get to its previous highest point would be up 25, you know, one could argue 30%, depending on the markets. So what about wait until the bottom? And how do you know when that is? Uh, well, if anyone knows how to do that consistently, that would be nice to know. Now, if we invest now or in the near, new future and the market goes down more, what happens then? Well, the upside from today to get to its previous high point would be 25%. So you might have some down. If the market does what it's done over the last number of decades, you'd be back up to where the the previous point would be. But one difference is, is if you invest now and if it does go down more, how how do we mitigate for that? Or right now you're sitting on cash, it's collecting 0%, maybe 1.5 if you're lucky in a high interest savings account, if you're talking liquid. Well, if you buy a bank stock right now, and full disclosure, this isn't a buy or sell recommendation, the dividends are probably around 4 to 5%. And to get interest like that, you'd probably have to get a GIC and lock it up for a while with no upside potential. So if there's potential to go higher, and if you think that the, the economy or the world that we know it will return to normal at some point, 
then you could get a higher dividend rate than a cash savings account. Now, again, I'm not talking about in this podcast the, the different risk profiles because they're not apples to apples comparison GIC versus a stock. But I'm just providing reference to the dividends that are provided by great companies. Now, in 2008, I was around, I was managing money or helping clients navigate their money and using money managers. We saw the BMO or Bank of Montreal stock go as low that it was paying an 11% dividend yield, meaning that if you had 100000 and invested it in BMO, never mind the fees, they would have to pay you 11000 a year to be an owner of that business. That same dividend grew all the way through until now. So your yield would actually be higher compounded than 11% on that same stock. Now, when considering what possible investment options to do today, I see these options. First and foremost, for business owners, invest in yourself. Can you utilize this uncertain time to really check yourself and say, I am cutting out the noise and focusing on delivering a better blank in your business? In choppy markets, I love this strategy as it keeps you focused and feeling purposeful. Now, you could, if you want to invest or you've got an affinity to investing and you, you understand the market or at least you, you trust someone that, that understands the market, you invest weekly an amount you're comfortable with so you're buying regularly through the choppiness. Remember, if you buy a good quality business that have long histories of paying dividends and they are resilient businesses through many difficult decades of bullshit, then allocate and just ensure the company stays on the tried and true path. You can hold cash and wait for an event, something big in the news that spikes the market down. This will take courage, but usually on the biggest down days, well, at least in the last COVID crash, there were above average returns right around the corner after big short-term crashes. Now, real estate, you may have read different, but there is some sentiment that the real estate newsletters I subscribe to that the price is holding up to starting to go down, but the inventory is building which this is great news for buyers, not for sellers. Sellers, you will need to manage your expectations, your prices you thought were spot on. You may have to come down. Keep your eye on what you have to pay and how much income you will get back. Remember the simple analogy of BMO. I said that you could buy $100,000 worth of stock and get an 11% yield. Do the math when you're looking at a property and take out the mortgage even take out the you know the main expenses just to do quick calculations on if the simple math works. Think about this. When you're looking at a property, when the market is correcting, you pay X and you get Y. Meaning, you pay X amount of dollars to buy the property and you get Y in rental income. How many Ys do you have to get before you get your original money back? Now, put numbers to it. If you have $100,000 and you're able to buy a property and it pays you back $10,000, in 10 years, you get your original money back. I've talked about this in other podcasts, but it's an easy way to look at rental real estate, know what it's being rented for, times that by 12, because usually it says it by the month, times it by 12, you get an annual amount, divide it by the price that you're paying for the property. Now, the last strategy is review your mortgage. Might be a good time to look at interest rate. You know, Ask your banker if you had to renew what would the payment and the interest be then? You can add up your payment, usually about 20 or 15% of the monthly, and then do a one-time deposit on your mortgage. So for people who are nervous about the market and maybe have a bit of extra cash, yes, the rate of return you're essentially getting on low interest mortgages is low, but at least it's guaranteed. And that will help you when you are 
coming around to your renewal, if you think you're still going to have a mortgage in say two, three years, probability is that interest will be higher than now. And you're going to be renewing your bigger mortgage at higher interest rates. If you're able to hammer it down, you're going to have a lower a lower net interest cost because you're paying more of it down now. If you have any other questions, refer to servicewealth.com and we are happy to answer any questions you have. If you found this episode valuable, share it with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelled S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy Podcasts. Thanks for listening.